Hello, and welcome to Nothing Ever Happens in Canada, but we know this is simply not true. This is a Canadian podcast about the myths, legends, and just good old stories Canada has to tell. I'm Canadian Girl. Thanks so much for joining me here today. We'll get to this adventure as soon as possible, because I know it's been a while, but I just wanted to do a little catch-up with you all first. If you are new here to the channel, welcome to today's adventure. And if you are a returning adventurer, I thank you so much for coming back. Now if you don't want to hear all this catch-up and a tiny bit of business stuff, you can just skip ahead about 4 or 5 minutes and head straight into the adventure. And I'll never know you skipped anything at all. No worries, my friends. First off, if you're still here with me, I'm sorry for being away for a little bit longer than I anticipated. I got distracted by some pretty amazing people. My family. That's right. I took a little time off to go visit my family back home in Ontario as it's been two years since I had seen them. It was beautiful weather while I was there. I got to meet my new niece for the first time in person which was very special and I learned that my nephew is now a superstar soccer player. I hung out with my parents, went to a museum to learn about a small but cool story about an old mastodon bone that I will tell you about soon here on the channel. And overall, I just had a really nice time visiting back home with family. Another awesome thing that I wanted to mention quickly is that I've wrote a couple more children's books. I can't remember what I mentioned in the last show, but I can tell you now is that I have four children's books out and three children's journals that are super cute. They are all available on most Amazon platforms, which makes them super easy to grab and they're great gifts for the little ones in your life. There's my original book that started it all, The Canadian Wilderness, Fun Facts from A to Z. And it's paired with a really cool coloring book to go with it. Then there's cool Canadian dinosaurs and my latest, Canada in Space, which is loosely based off our Canada in Space episode here on the channel. You can find the link in the show notes below or just simply search for them on Amazon. If you do happen to grab one of these cool Canadian books, I thank you so much for supporting Canadian Girl and this channel. It means the absolute world to me. Now let's get to today's adventure, because that's why you're really all here. Grab your treasure hunting gear, and maybe even some ring gear, as we're heading out to the mysterious Il Hote of Nova Scotia. The island can be found in the Bay of Fundy, near the Minas Basin. Legend says not only is there possibly long less treasure buried on this island, there's also ghosts roaming around, ghost ships still sailing, there's a tale of murder, a bottomless pond that seems to be hiding something, and also this mysterious island is known to move about in the water and change positions, float out of the water, or even disappear at times. I'm not kidding. This tiny little island is full of legends, and we're gonna go check them out. Now hold on tight. Trigger warning here, this is a tale about pirates, treasure, ghosts, ghost ships, murder, and more. If these tales are not something you want to hear today, please skip this adventure and head out on another one. That being said, you know me, I won't say anything in great detail, only what needs to be said, and I will always warn you if I think it's something too bad first.
Welcome to Il Hote. This mysterious island is located in the upper part of the Bay of Fundy, in between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. She is 3 kilometers or 1.9 miles long, and just under half a kilometer or 0.3 of a mile across. She is not very big for the amount of stories she holds. The island is full of lush and unique, beautiful plant life that isn't found anywhere else in Nova Scotia. She is surrounded by some of the highest tides in the world and very large cliff sides that are 100 meters or 328 feet high in some places. Many birds such as eagles, peregrine falcons, frequent this area, as well as seals too. Also hiding along her shores, at least 20 shipwrecks or more. Many describe her as a time capsule of what Nova Scotia once was. To add to her mystery, she can play a lot of tricks with one's eyes. When looking at the island, many claim to see her move locations, change shapes, float right out of the water, or even disappear at times. Most say it's all just an optical illusion due to the constant fog surrounding the island. But is it? Her name, Ilhot, is said in many different ways depending on where you are from. I'm going with Ilhot today which is how I found it was most commonly pronounced when doing my research. It also means high island in French. She was named by the famous French explorer Samuel de Champlain. We're going to start today's adventure with the notorious Captain Edward Lowe, a pirate and, to be honest, not a very nice pirate. Not that many of them were. Now I'm not going to tell you what this man did in great detail, because he was awful, to put it nicely. There are many other podcasts and history books out there that will tell you his terrible actions in detail. We are just going to look at the part of his tale that puts him around Nova Scotia, where he possibly may have buried some of his famous missing treasure. The same year the Golden Age of Piracy began on the coast of Nova Scotia, while most would call him the Notorious, I am going to call him the Rotten, Captain Edward Lowe was born in Westminster, in Westminster, London, England. Trigger warning here, this man's brief history that I'm going to give you is not the greatest. At an early age, they say he was already a thief, which he got naturally, as it said his entire family were also thieves. When he was just 17 years old, his younger brother Richard, and I'm not sure how much younger if he himself was only 17, Plug your ears here for a few seconds. His younger brother was hung for robbing a home. He was said to have a troublesome personality, was not a good reader, but a very good pickpocket and an okay gambler. In 1710, he would leave for the U.S. to start a new life. There he married on August 12, 1714, Eliza Marble. He was now 24 years old. He would have a son that passed away shortly after birth. Then, in the winter of 1719, a daughter was born, named Elizabeth, but he lost his wife that same day. All this took a toll on Edward Lowe. He decided it was time to start over again, and he left his daughter behind. I am assuming with someone he knew, and somewhere safe, because if nothing else, Captain Lowe was said to be always kind to women. In 1721, he would join a crew on a logging ship in search of his new life. They were heading to Honduras to, to pick up a shipment of lumber and bring it back to the New World, which in this case is the U.S. 
One day, in December 1721, Lowe would return to the ship deck to speak to the captain about being hungry. When the captain replied back, basically, You eat when I say you eat, and you'll be lucky if you get a drop of rum. Lowe did not like this response. In today's terms, he must have been very hangry in this moment because he pulled out his pistol and took a shot right at the captain. He just missed, but he did hit another poor soul standing nearby at the time. Lowe was instantly captured and placed into the ship's hall until the next day when he and 12 other men, who were said to be friends of Lowe's, were all kicked off the ship. Shortly after this, he and his 12 new crewmen would capture a ship off the coast of Rhode Island. And that's when Captain Lowe began to fly his black pirate flag. On May 28, that same year, 1722, Captain Lowe would receive the ship, the Rebecca, a six-gun ship with a crew of 44 men, much bigger than the 12-man crew he had just had before. This is when his pirate days really began. In June 1722, he would make his first attack in Nova Scotia waters. The rotten Captain Lowe would attack 13 ships quietly resting in the Bay of Port Roseway in Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Even though he was outnumbered in the battle, he was just so awful that they would be forced to surrender to put it politely as possible. He boarded each ship and took what he wanted and then lit them all on fire and sunk them all except for one he decided to keep an 80-foot schooner which had 10 mighty cannons and he renamed the Fancy. He would abandon his Rebecca on this day. Captain Lowe became known for being ruthless. His murders, his sword, nasty scar by his mouth from an accident on the ship with a crew member. And he was known to take everything he wanted and leave nothing behind, burning and sinking all who he had attacked. He was known to fly false colors in order to approach real close, then attack unexpectedly. What is the most surprising of all the tales about him is that he seemed to be respectful to women, returning them to shore unharmed. Many say this was due to losing his wife and leaving his daughter behind. It was his way of honoring them. Captain Lowe would push his luck one day on the coast of St. John's, Newfoundland, when he tried to take on a warship either by accident or just plain foolishness. No one knows for sure, but he barely escaped the attack. Next he would strike again in Conception Bay, which is the southeast coast of Newfoundland. Here, Captain Lowe would capture a bunch of boats around the Grand Banks area, which is claimed to be some of the world's greatest fishing grounds. Then after this, he headed back out into the Atlantic again. Thank goodness, because he was certainly a horrible pirate indeed. Shortly after this, Captain Edward Lowe faced off against a warship known as the Greyhound. Here, he basically lost 25 of his men. 25 of his men were captured, and he himself lost what is believed to be about 150,000 pounds of gold in the battle, which in today's money would have been about $50 million. It was a bad day for sure, and not long after that, rotten Captain Lowe vanished into thin air like a lot of pirates do. There are many rumors to where he might have gone, or where he might have died, but no one really knows for sure. 
All we know is he disappeared in 1724 and was never seen again. What we do know is there is a lot of rumors that he left some of his gold. And when I say some, Captain Lowe was estimated to have over hundreds of millions of dollars in today's money of loot that he plundered in his very few short years as a pirate. And some of that just may be hiding here in Nova Scotia on the very mysterious Il Holt. You see, back in the day, Nova Scotia was known as a pirate hideaway. And though many claim no real treasure has ever been found in Nova Scotia, I honestly think this little island may be Canada's very own treasure island. Now I'm just throwing this out there and have no real proof, but you know that famous little Oak Island story? And now we're here on Il Haute with its treasure story, and then there are many other treasure stories out and around this area associated with Nova Scotia. So I'm just saying, this just might be our very own treasure island. We just maybe haven't looked hard enough yet. No offense to the Lagina brothers, who I know have been trying your best on Oak Island, and I'm truly rooting for you to find that treasure. You so deserve to find it. But back to Il Hoat and its treasure story. Historians have chased Captain Lowe's movements around the waters and the east coast of Canada, to the point that we can say he was here for sure in the Bay of Fundy, near Il Hoat. They believe in 1722, Captain Lowe and his bandits were in the Minas Channel after fleeing from the battle they had had that day. Legend says Captain Lowe and a crew member would take a portion of his treasure to Il Hoat to bury for safekeeping. The legend says, like most pirate treasure tales do, the crew member was murdered by Captain Lowe in order to keep the treasure's location a secret. The treasure that was buried is believed to be from the Spanish galleon, the Sonora de Victoria, in which he was said to be fleeing from. Legend also says the crew member that was murdered returns every seven years with a flaming head, which sounds pretty terrifying, so do watch out for him if you are ever in the area on that seven-year mark. Another interesting fact that is also claimed is that the island changes positions every seven years as well adding to that moving island theory I told you about at the beginning. So is Captain Lowe's treasure still hiding there? No one knows for sure, but that hasn't stopped treasure hunters from coming and going over the years. Today the island is protected by the Canadian Wildlife Services and Nova Scotia's Special Spaces Act. Digging is not permitted here without a permit, so do make sure you get one before heading out to the island to check for yourself. There is also no amenities at all, so do bring anything you need and please make sure to bring everything back out that you brought in. That being said, we're in luck because I just happen to have some of those digging permits. Let's head out to the east end of the bottomless salt pond on the island as that seems to be the most popular place to start digging. Due to the years and years of treasure hunting in the area, the landscape is dotted with holes and pits from past digs. There's also two very large craters as they are referred to that are left from digging that are five meters across or 16 feet. They are near the east end of the bottomless pond where we're heading. So I'd say try digging somewhere new for sure 
And remember, if you do find anything, I want to see it. Good luck, everyone. In 1786, the first shipwreck was recorded off the coast of this tiny island due to the gravel sandbar on the west side of the island that would lie hiding just below the surface after a very high tide, making it a deadly trap for unsuspecting ships, unfortunately. Over the years, as many as 25 ships, mostly schooners, are said to have went down around Ilhot, which explains some of the ghosts and ghost ship sightings in the area as there seems to be many lost souls attached to this small mysterious island in Hudson Bay waters. The most famous ghost ship sighting of them all, Mary Celeste from nearby Spencer Island, Nova Scotia, another mysterious tale that we may just cover one day here on the channel. All you really need to know for now is she's a very famous ghost ship. Legends here on Il Hote say she likes to frequently cruise by the island late at night or early on foggy mornings. She is also known to appear here in the bottomless pond, where Captain Lowe's treasure is believed to be near as well. Legend says that if the light is just right, and I'm assuming this means the moon probably needs to be full for this one to work, the famous Mary Celeste ghost ship will appear in full sail drifting along the depths of the very mysterious bottomless pond. Like, can you imagine a ghostly ship in full sail just sailing around under the water in a said-to-be bottomless pond? Now that's some very interesting stuff for sure. I'd love to see it and then run like crazy because I'm a big chicken. Due to all the shipwrecks around the island, a lighthouse was built in 1878. It was lived in and remained working until 1956 when there was a very bad fire and it could not be repaired. Today, you can see one that looks just like it at Wood Island in Prince Edward Island. At one time, historic papers described Il Hote as a very popular destination at the turn of the century. It's said that as many as 300 people a day once enjoyed the lush, beautiful environment on this tiny island just off the west coast of Nova Scotia. The paper states that the small island held many parties, picnics, and trade back in the day adding even more history to this mysterious island that is barely visited today. So where's the treasure you ask? In 1929, Douglas Carmichael, a known treasure hunter, claimed to have found coins and jewels on the island, but he has never handed them over to be tested or anything. So I'll leave that one up to you. Another Edward, this time ironically Edward Rose Snow, sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Anyway, Edward Lowe, sorry, I mean Edward Rose Snow, an adventurer and writer, would visit Il Hote in 1952 with the lighthouse keeper at the time, John Fuleron. I hope I said that close to right. The pair began to search with Edward's metal detector and claimed to have found gold coins, silver, and sadly the remains of a human skeleton. Some say possibly the crew member that Captain Edward Lowe murdered, but no one knows for sure. What we do know is the coins that Edward Rose Snow claimed to have found on the island were Spanish coins from 1710, adding even more truth to the legend that the treasure just may be from the Spanish galleon, the Senora de Victoria. 
There are many interviews and a book Edward Rowe Snow wrote about his find, if you are interested in learning more about his treasure hunt. Well, I hope you enjoyed the legends of Il Hote today, and a shout out to my mom for requesting a Nova Scotia story. If you have any stories you want me to tell or a province you want me to visit, just let me know. You can always reach me at Nothing Canada on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, you can always email me at CanadianGirl2319 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. That being said, I'm Canadian Girl. Stay safe, my friends. And I'll be back as soon as I can with another great adventure. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com. Want to help support the show? You can do that in three simple ways. The first one, you can leave us a shiny five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This small gesture means so much to this podcast as it allows us to move around on the podcast charts and meet more awesome listeners like you. The second, you can stop by our souvenir shop and pick up a souvenir from one of our great adventures and take it on your very own. There's t-shirts, water bottles, notebooks, and so much more. Do head over to our souvenir shop today and grab some adventure gear. And finally, the third way you can help support the show is by donation. We have a fancy PayPal button that can be found on the top right of our webpage. This button allows you the option to donate as much as you want, whenever you want. All donations will be used for the channel by buying new books for research and upgrading equipment. All three links to help support the show, of course, can be found in the show notes below. I thank you all so much for your support of the show. It means the world to me. You guys who always listen to the end are my very favorite people out there. I hope your week treats you right and that you get something done you wanted to do this week. I'm Canadian Girl. Thank mm-hmm. you.